guys. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And I am planning a rally. <laughs> what? <laughs> it has absolutely enveloped my entire life looking at routes, uh, a lot of looking at routes. Because yeah. I got the route figured out. But part of me is just like, maybe it could be a little bit better. Oh, so you're still doubling down and like yeah, looking I, for I have it pretty much other figured roads. out. But I'm just looking at, you know, dropping my little yellow friend all over the I map. I realized and, this because last night it was just one screenshot after the other of Google Earth. And you're yes. like, look at this! Yes, <laughs> look at this place, look at this place. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. So what do I have to do is I still have to go scout the rally. Right. I have to do it. I feel responsible. Well, otherwise we're sending, you know, nearly 100 cars into the desert, which... In theory, the roads are there. In theory, but the you roads don't are know. There. In theory, um, yeah. So I'm just trying to, you know, figure that out. And what do you need when you're going to scout a rally? A vehicle, Chris. You need, you need a car. You need a car to scout the rally. So I've been spending a lot of time on the uh, on the old Facebook. And you know what's funny is I haven't looked at Craigslist at all since they started charging. Really? Like, well, they charge like five I bucks know. now. It weeds out the scammers. It does, but now I don't want to go on there. Because <laughs> there's nothing there. It, it is true. Like, if you just have a dag Honda Civic or something that you're selling, you're not going to pay $5 to list it. No, you, you just, just put it on put Facebook. It on Facebook. Yeah, where exactly. Every, where everybody is. So, okay, first question that everyone okay. has asked themselves, why aren't you driving your car out there? One of your many cars. Uh, mainly because I just want to have an experience with my kid. I'm going to fly out there with my daughter, Irene. Okay. And we're going to pick up a car that will be a mystery to her. It'll be super fun, and then Dad and her are going to drive around Utah looking at stuff. Yep. You know, maybe, probably not camp out, probably stay in hotels, and then come home. And I want to have a new, fresh experience. She's driven in the 911 before. You know, I've driven in the 911 before. This is a great excuse to go and do something and experience something. I like the idea new. of flying out so you don't waste the days getting out there. But yep. a normal That's person, part of it too. Then, I got I to get out there. Right, a normal person would just rent a car. They would, and that would be extremely boring. Plus, <laughs> you could probably buy a car for the cost of renting a car. Yeah. It is very, very expensive to rent a car. So I'm in this. in this. So pro- what I, are you looking at? You're looking at cars for sale in Utah right now. Salt Lake City, which okay. is, you got to be careful because they did salt the roads in Hence Salt Lake. the name Salt, salt Lake City. Salt Road <laughs> City. And then uh, you have Las Vegas, uh-huh. which is close too. So I've been looking at those is two places. Is Vegas that close? Vegas is actually closer to the rally start point than Salt Lake City is. Really? Well, yeah, the yes. yeah. No, I know. It's an entire state, Jake. Correct. It's, it's quite large. I just I have zero like I've I don't know geography. Like, where is Vegas compared to Salt Lake? Well, it's Where's not Rhode Utah? Island. It's a, it's a big state, right? You know, so you got to drive is. across the whole thing. So I've been looking at almost anything, and I kind of messaged on a few <laughs> things. There was an old Volvo 240 wagon. That's cool. That was it's an automatic with a tan interior and it's white, but it's mint. Right. I mean, it is absolutely. You sent me a photo of that thing. It's mint. But it's kind of boring, right? Yes, it's kind for of, sure. For sure boring. It's going to be boring. Sure for boring. sure boring. And then I looked at a, I kind of think maybe a Via Cross could work again. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the Suzuki Via Cross. Coolest damn vehicle. Also the Isuzu uh, Via Cross. Also a really cool vehicle. That's I've what never, I'm talking about. I've never heard of the Suzuki version. Oh, is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> wow, super rare. Um, Isuzu uh, Via Cross. There's one in Phoenix with 69,000 miles Done. on it. Sold. Is it the supercharged model? They made a supercharged version. That I don't, I'm not aware of, but I doubt it. I, I've I, never I heard of I kind of don't think you want that one because there's actually all of those, the V6s they put in those are notorious for like head gaskets. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah that's it'll wonderful. be great. Yeah, 70,000 miles on that one. It's The only problem is it's yellow. <gasps> it's really, really, Can I really buy it yellow. from you when you bring it back? I sent it to your wife already and she went, eh, it's cute, I guess. 
But it is, it's it's yellow. <laughs> I love how you send yellow vehicles to my wife Anything. without my I knowledge. I see a yellow car, I just send it to Nikki. <laughs> yellow car, boom, done, send it. She's got to love it. Uh, so I also looked at a... All right, buy the yellow Viacross, and then I'll buy it Just from slow you. down there, guys. They come with a manual. Does it have a manual trans? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It had like some chrome wheels on it, which is a problem. That's easy to change. I would need to change it now. Oh, I would need to on. fly out, get it, drive to the tire place. I'm not going to drive all around Utah looking like that. I want to take pictures and stuff. I don't need some hideous wheels <laughs> in my photographs. I just don't want to see it. Take it from like the belt line up. <laughs> yeah, <just off. laughs> Look at the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all people take photos of their family when they don't know how everybody's feet are cut off. Yeah, yeah. And then I started thinking, okay. You know, I just got back from Road America, which we should maybe talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. But I just got back from Road America, and what were the best cars there? I I like all the Porsches. Well, fine. What is what? The, I don't understand where you're going with all this. All the pony cars, the Trans Am cars. Oh, those yeah, were those the were best. cool. They were the best of the show. But they are not my favorite to watch race, though. What? They are too. They're awesome. Not They're me. drifting all over the place. Yeah, I like the, what is it, the cl- the second class, class eight or whatever they called it, where it's like the Alfa Romeos and it's like a lot of the oh. smaller displacement Porsches. Yeah, it's like two liter. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. Why That's like what that? I like. It sounds like a bunch of bees flying around. It's For some reason, I like it more interesting. They seem to rotate around the track a lot more, skinnier tires. Okay. Well, that's fine. I like stuff that has like 600 horsepower and is from like 1973. I think yeah, that's so really cool. So you loved all the NASCAR cars out there this weekend. I, well, they weren't NASCAR cars. These were Trans These were Am. Trans Am. But we also, it was like the ode to NASCAR weekend. Yeah, there were a couple of old vintage NASCARs, like the Torino. That was the, sweet. With like the 429. And you're like, how is this heavy, just honking beast of a vehicle flying around the track? It was a behemoth. It was absolutely behemoth. But it does have 600 horsepower and it's gutted. You know what's funny is you look at all these old Trans Am cars yeah. and the seat in it. It's like there's like a roll cage integrated into the seat. And it's like a holster <laughs> with the same like flesh colored vinyl that ugh, it's really ugly and there's no headrest. And yeah. Wow. These dudes died a lot. <laughs> there's just really not much Is to them. Is that why it's flesh colored? I have so- a question. What? So you look at the domestic market for cars, like hot rods, guys that have old hot rods, whatever yeah. it is, Mustangs, Camaros. My dad's anything. looking for an old Model A. That's hot rod not now. what we're talking about. Well, then it's not hot rod. It's muscle car. Okay, muscle car, pony car. Mus- you're right. You're right. Technically, yeah, hot rod is old te- stuff. Technically, you are correct. So think of uh, the old muscle cars. <laughs> Can you pony save cars. that clip? You are correct. <laughs> technically. 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 You, you had technically. I'll, I'll give it to you on a technicality. Ah, technically. I'll give it to you on a technicality. Okay. So you're interested talking in about pony muscle cars. cars. Talking about pony, pony cars Pony cars right are now. different than muscle cars, Chris. What? How? What do you mean? Mus- pony cars are a whole segment below muscle car. Right? What's, what's considered a muscle car? A muscle car is not a Mustang or a Firebird or a um, uh, Chevy Camaro? Camaro. Thank you. Those are the three pony cars. Okay. AMC. Javelin. Yep. Yeah. Also probably a pony okay, car. Okay. So I'm interested in the pony cars that were in the Trans Am series specifically. 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 Correct. That's what I'm interested in. Love it. Okay. I would love a 65 Mustang. Great. I think Mustangs are cool, but I don't want one. Okay. I want a Javelin. Okay. I want an AMX Javelin. That is what is I want. Is it AMC? AMC AMX Javelin. Yeah. It's an AMX Javelin. I really, really want one of those. You see the Donahue ones in the red, white, and blue. There was two with, of them out there. I know, with the huge uh, huge duck bill on the front. Yeah. It says Javelin across it. Oh, those things look awesome, <laughs> right? They look super cool. So then I started looking at Javelins, and you can't find them because Facebook is retarded, and they don't have oh, AMC right. Javelin. It's not a thing. So you got to look for Gremlins, and then it's a Javelin. So it's uh. like this needle in the haystack thing. I can't afford it. Yeah. All of these muscle car things are just shooting up in price or have shot up in price. You mean pony car? 
Yeah, muscle car and pony car. Yeah, so all this stuff's going up. I started, so I started looking at other things, and I saw like a 67 AMC Rambler. Okay. Like this little bit. Describe this thing to me. Okay, so it kind of looks like an Impala that met Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> okay, so it's like an Impala that got shrunk down. Okay. And then it's got uh, taillights um, like a like a Buick, like, an, like a mid-70s Buick. It's okay. kind of a strange-looking car, but this thing had crazy patina, and everything works. That's you know, awesome. The, the interior is kind of trash. What do they want for this thing? 4500 bucks. Okay. It's nowhere near anywhere I'm going. It's uh, four hours away from Vegas and seven hours away from Salt Lake. Uh, so that thing doesn't work. First of all, I sent him a message like, hey, does anything you want? You want to meet me in Vegas? He said no. I said, <laughs> first thing, I, you know, I'm, I'm messaging people, hey, curious about the reliability. Is this thing going to make a long road trip? And this guy was like, well, if you're asking those questions, this isn't the car for you. I'm like, no, I'm just genuinely curious of, has there been maintenance done? Does it need tires? Have right. you done, you know, points? Like, is there any of these things that have been done that are going to help me out on my road? Right. Anyway, so this car is, a, is cashed out. The Via Cross I mes- messaged on, didn't hear anything back from like uh, Psychotic Katie or whatever her name was. What? Uh, yeah, that's her name. It's like Psycho or Psychotic or something Psycho, Psycho Katie. Psycho something with Psycho the Psycho Susie with the yellow with the vehicle. Across. Yeah, I like and it. Yellow, of course. Haven't heard back from her. I also looked at a some 510s, some dots in yeah. 510s. They're lot, all roached. See, those are the ones I like to see race. Yes. That's the class they're I cool. like. They've got the, they're they're totally anemic with the four-cylinder engine that comes with them. Yeah. So that was like starting to bleed into Los Angeles a little bit. You start getting a little ooh, farther away. Yeah, that's way out there. And I'm like, ooh, because that's an extra four hours of driving. That's like, <laughs> and if I'm going to have my kid with me, or it's tough. you could fly into LA, pick up a car, and drive it all the way home. Yeah, that, huh? would, be, that, that would be the huh? plan. Okay. That would be the plan. Anything I'm f- buying, I'm driving all the way home. Right. You know, that's, that's the plan for sure. That one, so Datsun 510's not going to work out. They're just... Pony cars, not going to work out. I looked at a Mercury Cougar. Yeah. I would love to have a Mercury Cougar. I love the front grills. Yep. Even the Thunderbirds. Some of the Thunderbirds had the cool front grill where it does. Yeah. They, you know, they're a little bigger, a little fatter, right. a little more bulbous. So I like the Cougar a lot. It's, it's, you can get a running one that's like, yeah, I got it running and uh, it needs everything, right? It needs everything for $8,000 and they're just rusty. So those, it's just not an option. Can't get a javelin. So then I started thinking, what could I get? What's big? What's big? Why, why all of a sudden we're going from a five ten to something enormous? Well, these are just. I'm I want everything. a land yacht. I looked at. I looked at uh, Mitsubishi Monteros too. Yeah. I looked at. You know, I looked. I looked at a lot of things. I mean, Shit. I was up three o'clock in the morning last night, even looking at everything. <sighs> okay, why? All right, so I am emailing a guy, and he doesn't have the title yet. Yet, what is so this? He got. Mean? He got the car from a dude who's dead, and he hasn't registered. I said, "Hey, I noticed that you're in Utah." But the plates still say Washington. He's like, oh, I could go get the title. It takes about two weeks in Utah. I'm like, perfect, because I still have to sell the M5. (laughs) It is a 1976 Cadillac DeVille sedan. And this thing is massive. It is. Just to give you a perspective of how wide it is, it is the widest car, widest interior GM has ever made. Really? This car. In the inside. So, like, if we sit on it, are we going to be able to touch? Probably not. Not with your, <laughs> at your arm length. No. So, widest, you know, on, on the interior, which okay. is, just sounds pretty neat. And it's five inches longer than a modern S-Class. The wheelbase. Wow. Not the car. The wheelbase. And the overhangs are massive as and well. They're, they're absolutely massive. I think there's... Like I don't how, know how... how long is this car in I think feet? they're around 18 feet long. And I think yeah. that the 75, there's like a, something called a 75 or a 76... And it's like 20 feet long. And then after that, you have a limo. 
What? After that. There's like a limo version that's like a million years long. I have no idea. Light years. <laughs> Light so, years the, in, so this thing has got buckskin interior. It's got 69,000 original miles on it. Really? It's like a copper color, and it's pillarless. There's no B-pillar when you roll oh, the windows cool. down. cool. I added that to my have list. have a lot of wind noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. But the air conditioning works. Everything works. Just roll the windows really? down. Everything. He says, Chris, everything works. Everything. I'm like, what doesn't work? Come on. <laughs> Come on. What doesn't work? He's like, no. Every single thing works. So it has 8.2 liter, 500 big cubic block. inch, big block engine. <laughs> what do you think that thing makes for power? <laughs> what year is this? 1976. Oh, Height of the gas 500 crisis. 500 cubic inches. 500. 8.2 liter engine. Just, it has to make at least half of its displacement in power. So it has to be over 250. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say 285. 185 horsepower. 185? 185 horsepower. What is the compression on this thing? Like two? It's got to be low, but it does make like 380 pound-feet of torque. That's still terrible out of 500 cubic inches. It is absolutely horrifyingly wow. bad. Wow. It's awful. But whatever, it's got And what is, like, can you imagine, what is the fuel economy on this thing? I think it's around eight miles per gallon. Yeah. It's so why? bad. So, like, there's, Why? But why? Why what? Why buy one? No, why do they have this big of an engine with no power, no yeah, torque, I don't know. no fuel efficiency? I don't know. Well, I don't obviously, get it. if you have to increase the compression, you have to increase the fuel consumption. You have to figure this isn't modern yeah, times. This but is 185 horsepower, you it think about a way, okay. I want to get 185 horsepower out of a car. Okay. What is that fuel economy going to be? You're like, I'll at least get 20 miles of the gallon out of that thing. I have no idea. The, well, no, does, let's make it out of a it, 500 cubic inch weighs, monster. It's 5,000 pounds in 1976. I, I love this thing, by the record. It is I, fantastic. So I, I love this thing. I'm trying. The guy says, I sent him a message. I'm like, how do you foresee like the purchase process going? Blah, yep. blah, blah. Do I need to do a deposit? I'm like, you need to get a title. He's like, I can get a title. I'm like, I am not buying this thing from you if the title's not in your name. Right. I'm just not messing around. Right. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Right. You know, you get into trouble with titles. Is it worth giving him a hundred bucks or something via PayPal to be like, I'm serious. I want it. Consider it sold if you have a title. I need to do something because I need to go scout the rally. But here's the problem. I don't have any money. I have to sell the M5 first. Okay. So... I talked to Jake off the podcast. He's going to lend me the money to buy this car. I did? And then I'm going to give him a little bit of interest. Okay. To, uh, to, like, How much is this car? Uh, this car is $8,900. That's a lot. I think I could talk him down a little bit. The uh, the Haggerty like value of this car in uh-huh. excellent condition uh-huh. is 15000 Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't think these things are that desirable. No. But marketed properly. That's more than I thought it was going to be, though. Yeah, well, there's the next, so this is the biggest car Cadillac ever made. Okay. Because this is the biggest one. Everything after this got smaller. They downsized. So the, these are worth the most. And obviously, if you go back into the 60s, there's some really cool stuff. That, and I suppose your dollar per pound is very good on this Yes, vehicle. that's true. Although cost per horsepower, very low. Ooh, very bad. Very, 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 very low, bad. Very low, very low. But um, <laughs> Still better than Porsche. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got it. So the, the M5, I should go be getting it back tomorrow. Oh, it's still at the body shop. It's no, it's not at the body shop. It's getting fuel the fuel pump thing done. Oh, so I didn't know like, about this. Yeah, the transfer pump. This thing needs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where it's the hump style fuel yep, tank. Yeah, so it would die at like yep. a third of a tank, and Got I don't it. need to sell the car like that. And it needed new rear struts and some control arms. So that's all getting yep. squared away. Yep, and getting a PPI done. So there's no mystery for any of that nice. anybody that buys it. So that's going to go up for sale 
hopefully at the beginning of next week, I got to do some photography with it and get some decent photos. Are you photos. selling it just on? I was thinking maybe I would put it on cars, cars and bids. Okay. That's Doug Demira's site, right? That or a P car market. Right. One of the two. I'm not sure. Whichever one can get it up there sooner. Sure. You know, it's, it's whatever gets it up there sooner so I can get a car and go scout the rally because it's the middle of July coming up in towards the, you know, two thirds of the way through July and I haven't gone to scout the rally yet. Right. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've been on all these roads. I've been on all of them. Well, you just don't want to assume you they're still assume. there. I've done that in the past with assuming on a rally. And, and it made out, an ass out of you. It did make an ass out of, out of just me. So just you. Just me. Not you and me. Just right. me. Just, just you. only me. Yep. Anyway, so that's kind of, you know. So that's, I'm coming up Sunday, apparently, to drive your M5 so we can take some photos. Yeah, of I need to take some photos of the car, get some beautiful stuff. You know, good photography sells. Yes, All this stuff is an emotional purchase, right? You're so right. You, you've got to reach into people's chests like Indiana. Pull the, those heartstrings. No, it's like the guy from the from Indiana Jones. Well, you don't need to the pull shaman. out their heart because yes, if then I can they pull, can't buy the car. If I could pull out their heart and have it beating in my hand and have that then kind of power. you would I, go to jail. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to purchase the car. And it's impossible also. Although, I wonder if that, maybe on the black market that could be worth enough to buy the Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on with you? On that note, um, first of all, Road America was super fun. Yes. Yes, it is. It's always fun. I, there was a couple of California people there this time that I hung yeah. out with. And they're like, yeah, this is pretty great. It really is. It is pretty great. This my, is a beautiful track. My dad came for the first time ever out there. He goes, we're in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden there's a racetrack. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it is really cool because you are in the middle of Wisconsin, the middle of just farm fields, cow pastures. And the whole community that's surrounding it is all cars. They are all cars. Nobody's complaining about the noise. Exactly. No one's it like, is oh, their we need to culture. Build, we need to build a development here. It's so close to, to Monterey and Carmel. We need to have all this high quality There's no estate. noise restrictions. Nothing. It is just, it is car culture around this track. You know what they would say if you started complaining about the noise there? What's that? Stop whining. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly what they would say. Yeah, and so it was an awesome time. My dad loved it. It was really cool. I did do the uh, the cabin again, the one percenter cabin, as you like to call it. Yes. However, I think next year, I'm going to bring the 911 out with you, and I'm just going to camp. Yeah, that's the way to do it. We need to figure out, maybe we can figure this out before we go on the rally, is getting you a fifth gear for your transmission. So Can we figure that out? Fun so fact, I just pulled the carburetors off of the 911 yep. this morning yes. and gave them to our friend Dave, who does an amazing job rebuilding carburetors. Yep. And he's like, I described... Plug for Dave. Plug for Dave. Dave, okay. if you need carburetors rebuilt, get a hold of me. I'll connect you with Dave. Yep. He's he is detail the guy. He's the guy. And he doesn't just like, oh, I just go through and rebuild it with a rebuild kit. No, he like hot tanks them. He does the whole thing. He's, yep. he's actually milling out and giving new bushings on my thing because uh, on Zenith, not my thing, my Zenith carburetors. Right. And because I was describing my uh, symptoms to him, I was like, it actually runs really well, but it has this like backfire cough on idle. He's like, that has to be your throttle shaft yeah, bushings. Yeah, just air leaking in exactly. there. Exactly. Because they get old out because you're constantly pulling down yep. and you're just yanking down and then it's a brass bushing, right? Right. Yeah, and you just wear it out. And like there were some other parts. It's like, oh, I'll throw this on the lathe and machine it and make it look good and I'll do it right. So I'm excited about that. But while I don't have carburetors on my car for about two weeks, I'm also going to drop my engine. You are. I am. You're going to take a look at the... I'm going to fix the oil leak, hopefully. Okay. And probably split the trans off to do a clutch. Yep. And do for sure first gear synchro. Dude, just put a fifth gear in that thing so your the brain... The problem is first gear synchro is so easy on these 901s. Yes. You literally take four bolts, unbolt the nose cone of the trans, and it's 
right there. Is you this- don't have to take anything else apart. It's right there. Yeah. So I would have to disassemble the entire transmission to get to fifth, which is at the opposite end of the transmission. Right. And you don't which want, I would you love. need that short ratio gearbox in your car. Yes. Because but if you I would a love tall, a tall fifth then. Yeah. Because I you- don't use fifth until you're on the freeway. Right. But and then you're still at. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's awful. And you need, with your lower power, you need, like, a close ratio gearbox. Exactly. It's going to be no fun to put a later gearbox no, in that car. No, I agree. I don't want to do that. It'd be no fun at all. So, yeah, I should do some research to figure out what what, what it would, would take. take. To, yeah, yeah. And I have no idea, like, what ratio that would be, what ratio I have. Yep. A lot of it is, a lot of guys swap out ring and pinions to move things around, but that moves the whole... The whole band the, up. The whole thing. Yep. All right, um, before we get into a little... Oh, you bought you bought something. I also bought another vehicle. Because you're out of control. Yeah. You're literally out of control. Every time we come in here, <laughs> you have bought something new. It's <laughs> a car. Right. It's it's literally every single time. It's a Grom. It's a car. So, it's a Cayenne. It's a Macan. It's a Turbo. It's, yep. You call me bad? I, you, I never used to be like this, Chris. Never. Have I rubbed off on yes, you? Yes, it's terrible. No, it's awesome. And also great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? So my wife got this brand new Honda Grom because yeah. she had one before and then she had the Ducati. She never drove the Ducati much because she didn't feel comfortable on it. Too do big of a bike. Do you think I could get around, get away with driving around on a Grom and just being like, sorry, officer, I didn't know I needed to have my motorcycle license. I would say, Look how small this thing I is. I would say most cops, A, wouldn't care or even know or, yeah, they, they wouldn't care. They would just be like, oh, yeah, here, go. Whatever. I That's my thought. Um, but why don't you get your license? It's so simple. Because then easy. I have to drive down here. Yeah, you're down here right now. It's true. Grab my bike. Go take it. It's I an should. experience. It's fun. It's funny to laugh at these Not, idiots that oh. show up on their Harleys <laughs> yeah, and are like, foot pegs on the and then they roll over their Harley and it's they get so what super did you get? pissed off. What okay, did you get? So she got this Grom. It was super fun. And I'm sitting here wrenching on this stupid Harley. damn Harley. Okay. Every time I think it's done and I'm going to take it out, there's three more problems that I haven't figured out. Okay. So I was going to take it out. It's running. It's great. I love it. And then I let out the clutch, and it, like, weirdly pulls, but isn't in gear. Oh, no. And so when I took apart the whole clutch basket and all the clutch plates, I don't think it's adjusted right. I'm hoping it's just the adjustment. Mm-hmm. So I need to do that. I fixed the carburetor from leaking, because that thing leaked the entire time. But now the battery isn't charging right. And I have a brand new alternator and regular out on it. So I don't know if I just didn't hook it up right or something shorting out somewhere. So what you're That's saying two is things. The, there was the a juice third is not thing. worth the squeeze right. on this thing. The third thing is, for whatever reason, I'm like, I don't think it, I'm circulating oil. I don't think I'm getting oil pressure, which is bad. But it's just been idling. <laughs> this, this is bad. This it's is bad. bad. This but is you bad. know, also, these Harley Motors don't care about oil. Oh, come on. No, seriously. Think about the drag Harleys. They literally just grease the top ends and run them. Yeah, once. Right. And, and then, then they, they take it apart and grease it again. Yeah, right. Well, you're not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. But I read about it because I, I have this external oil tank that I made and you can see oil flowing in. I'm like, I'm not seeing much disturbance in the oil filter and I'm revving it and it's, and not, it's not much. it's not like pouring back right, in. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, so I read, they go, oh yeah, well, anytime you dry out the oil pump on these, you have to basically prime the prime pump. The pump. Jesus. So I have to prime the pump. Can you just put a vacuum thing on the return and suck oil They said it? you can do that. Oh, well, there you go. That's not hard. Well, it's even easier than that because at the bottom where the oil pump is, there's a little bleed screw. And they said you just let it drain out a bunch of fuel or fuel oil and then put that back in and it should be It's good just another thing. It's what there are only Here's the thing, though. It's We had this conversation about a different thing. It's like I know the finish line is right there, and I've yeah. been running this far, and I'm so close. I'm tripping a couple times. Yeah. But every time I think I'm going to break through the ribbon at the finish line, someone moves it. Yeah. And it's just been moved so many damn times that I'm like, 
I'm sick of this thing. This but is, this is every I'm project. I'm so dude. close to having it done. Anyways, I this got so frustrated dude, with this. This is every car project ever is that way. It's every project. Yes. Every but here's the thing with my 911 that has 57,000 projects left on it. At least I can drive it and enjoy it as is right now. I want well, a working not really because you're taking it completely apart and setting it yourself right. up a banner that's about 50 yards down the way. Right. So we'll see how that goes as stuff starts to go wrong and break and True. fail as you're that, taking that everything apart. That will happen. It will happen. I know it will, but I'm frustrated with this one. Also, it leaks oil all over the place. I don't know where it's coming from. The Harley? Well, all of my cars, basically, <laughs> now that you question that. All right, before we get into a little bit of news, I what didn't have you even got say what us? I bought, Chris. Oh, you buy? <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> Settle down. Sorry, what did you buy? <laughs> so what I had you, so much fun. What did, what did Jake spend too much money on? I had so much fun on Nikki's stupid little brand new Grom. Yeah. Fuel injected. You bought a Grom. Tiny. It's so fun. But I was like, I don't want a Grom because it looks like a teeny sport bike. I don't love that. Yeah. So I bought, they also make on the well, same exact chassis. Jake, Jake. What? Let's be honest. What? It's a perfect size for it's you. It's the perfect size. Yeah, the Grom is the perfect size for you. It, it does looks- look disproportionate, but riding it, it's great. <laughs> and so that's why I bought a brand new Honda Monkey, which what is-, is the exact same thing as a Honda Grom, but it has the vintage tank on it. Okay, so it's the exact same thing, but a different headlight and a different tank. Yes. Okay, I thought it was like some sort of throwback to some other thing. It is. Okay, what's it supposed to be? It's a throwback to like a CT50. Or the, no, they called them monkeys back in the day. It was a Honda monkey. So it's the same motor, same drivetrain, same As everything. Grom. Yes. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's a, but the headlight still sucks. That's my problem with it. You what? sent it's me a, a round picture. headlight. No, but it's got LEDs. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's got these crazy LEDs. So it's a vintage looking thing with these modern LED headlight things in it. And it doesn't look good. Can you put a different headlight system in it? I could, but I, I like it. No, it doesn't look I good. Like it. It, it's, it's great. It looks super vintage and cool, and then you go, oh, who put that headlight yeah. in there? There are a couple things I want to tweak right away. Like, I want a different exhaust for it. Right. I want a lower seat because the seat is really disproportionate. Okay, so what engine is in a Grom or a Monkey? A 125cc four-cycle single cylinder. W- w- fuel injected or carbureted? Fuel injected. How much horsepower is that? 20? 20. Okay, so how did fast they go? Um, so interesting, Nikki's is a 2022, which they put a five speed in. Uh-huh. So that one goes speed? a little faster than the one I got because it's a 2020. Okay. How are you going to let that slide that your wife's Well, that's fake why motorcycle. I'm going to do an in- intake and exhaust and a tune and okay. make cams for these things. Oh God. You know, Nikki's going to ask for those things too. Yeah, she will. So you're just going to tell her no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I don't know why mine's any faster. Are you ready for news now? Yeah. But first, first, we have to give a shout out. To our Overcrest Drivers Club mender, Men- menders? menders, they're mending. They're they mending. probably are mending. They're mending. They're actually watching us right now on our Discord. How many people the, do we have? I don't know. I don't have time to look because okay. I'll, I'll get confused and lose track of what I'm doing. <laughs> um, people are watching us right now on the Overcrest Drivers Club Discord channel, which is you something can you get that access too? to when you join up. You could get T-shirts. We tomorrow, yes, new merch. Really? They're tomorrow. coming tomorrow? Tomorrow we will have new merch for everyone. Yes. If you're already a Drivers Club member, are we're going to make it available to you. If you've These already the got t-shirts? a shirt, it's going to be at cost. These are the t-shirts? T-shirts, yes. Are These they are, done? Well, no, they're not done. Jess makes them all. I know. But when do I be, get my t-shirt? Next week, you'll have a t-shirt. Yes. Yeah, next week, you'll have a shirt. If you're already I'm a excited Club about member, these designs. And you already, yeah, Jeff made them. He's does all the Overcrest stuff. Kilo Jeff, Kilo awesome. Jeff, awesome. He did a great job. If you're already an Overcrest member, we will sell these to you at cost. If right. you're a future Overcrest member, we'll we'll get you one just like everybody else got a shirt earlier. So we're going to make them available to everybody as cheap as possible. And we're going to have some details. Chris, how do you become a member? Go to 
Overcrest.com slash, uh, what is it? It's overcrestproductions.com slash drivers club. Yes, that is how you do it. It's five, 10, or 20 bucks a month. We'll get you all dialed in. You can support the show. You can watch the Exclusive show. Exclusive content. I have a story just about ready to go, but we're not going to have time today. To no, do it. we're not. Oh, well. Next time, next yes. time. But you can also chat with all the uh, other Drivers Club members in our exclusive Discord. You get our voicemail if you want to call and leave us a voicemail. All kinds of crazy stuff. We keep adding on, and the price stays the same. <laughs> price stays the same. So that's right. You can support Top-tier the show. members, of course, can get access to one of Chris's uh, prints, get a that's print right. of one of his photos. Yes. So it's really cool stuff. All right. And if you just hit that little 30-second fast-forward thing on your phone so you didn't have to How listen to this. How dare you? You could join the Overcrest Drivers Club by going to <laughs> <laughs> overcrestproductions.com slash drivers club. All right. Let's get into it's a little OCDC. bit of news. So... All right, the EU, the uh, EU. Can we just call it the EU? The, the European EU. Union. Ew, ew. We'll the call it the EU. EU. Yeah, the European Union has revealed its massive climate plan. And this is okay. something we kind of knew was coming. We've heard sure. rumblings of it, so we we now know what the massive plan is. Okay. The European Union on Wednesday proposed, as expected, an effective ban on the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2035 that will wow. accelerate a switch to zero-emission vehicles, part of a sweeping climate package that will transform every corner of the bloc's economy, from how people heat their home to the cars oh. that they drive. Okay, so we'd heard a lot of individual countries say, okay, we're banning electric vehicles right. or combustion vehicle sales after 2035. Right. 2035, said, but now it's EU-wide. EU-wide, 27 countries. The, U- the, uh, the executive, the European, co- the EU executive, the European Commission, this is how you know it's like a government bureau- bureaucracy, is when there's like bureaucracies inside the bureaucracy, <laughs> it's just like tucked in. It's, it's, it's like a clown car. You know when you it's have like the a, Russian nesting dolls of bureaucracy. It is. Or like when you open the door and like a bunch of clowns come pouring out of the car. And we're like, hey, we got rules. We're, we're all ready for you. It's, it's, no, it's no problem. I okay. did not sign up for this. This is somebody's bullshit political agenda. <laughs> You're right. It is absolutely all of that. So the commission proposed a 100% cut in CO2 emissions by 2035. So all of it. All of That's it. literally just saying all of it. Which would make it impossible to sell new fossil fuel power vehicles in the 27-country block. Quote, this is the sort of ambition we've been waiting to see from the <laughs> EU, where it's been lacking in recent years, said Helen Jerkoff-Clarkson, chief executive of I the Climate I don't believe Group. that's actually is, her name. It is her middle name. She was born that way. It's a genetic, wow. pro- it's a genetic problem. A non-profit Wait, group genetic that works problem with the business and government name? to tackle climate change. Quote, the science tells us that we need to have em- the science. The science. Um, the science tells us that we need to have emissions by 2030, or we're all going to die. Does oh, wait, she, no, it doesn't say that. I thought oh. maybe it would say that we're all going to die. What does it say? It says uh, nothing. It doesn't say that at all. Uh, have emissions by 2030, so for road transport, it's simple. Get rid of the internal combustion engine. In order to boost EV sales, Brussels also proposed legislation that would require countries to install public charging points along major roads with a maximum distance of 37.3 miles between them by yeah. 2025. Wait. We're going to have that many new charging stations in three years. Yes, three and a half years. I don't understand who's paying for this. Who is saddling taxpayers with billions in additional costs after the worst economic disaster in modern, uh, modern world history? Modern human history, we had the worst economic disaster ever. The entire world just got done getting its ass kicked, right? Just yes. seriously ass kicked. Just bent over. Just curb stomped. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to add all this. I don't know... 
I think every, the reason why they're going to push so hard on this is everybody's on their heels right now. You know, everybody's on their heels. They can try and see what they can slip through. Um, continuing on, every industry will be forced to accelerate its shift away from fossil fuels in order to cut pollution by at least 55% from 1990 levels okay, by 2030. Again. Every industry. Every industry will be so, forced to accelerate its shift away from fossil fuels in order to cut pollution by 55% from 1990 levels by 2030. So if you've made some progress, they're going to give you some of that extra credit, apparently. According to the proposals adopted on Wednesday and detailed in a news conference in Brussels, it puts the EU on a path to eliminate greenhouse gas emissions by mid-century, expanding the world's largest carbon market, axing new combustion engine cars, and putting a levy you're okay. listening. I, a levy. A levy on some imports from countries with laxer environmental standards. So if the European <laughs> Union, this this is China getting sw and India and a lot of Asian countries getting kicked right in the butt. Hey, if you're going to sell stuff here and you're not clean, we're going to tax the hell out of you. Well, they what can they sell? They can't sell their cars unless they're electric. But you're saying even electric cars. Well, dude, everything comes from like India and okay, China. I thought we were still like talking about car no, manufacturers. No, it's, it's uh, on some imports from countries with laxer environmental standards. So T-shirts, Anything's just going to be taxed. Radios, just wow. iPods. Anything that's made or manufactured in these countries that's being imported. I don't mind that. That I like. It's pretty. Well, who, who's paying the tax then? You're right. It's, it's, it's not, not like we're punishing China. We're no, punishing China ourselves. The person that wants to buy the good is going <laughs> to pay right. the tax. It's the most ambitious. Damn you, macroeconomics. <laughs> multilateral climate change. This is the most ambitious multilateral climate strategy ever attempted and would propel the EU far ahead of other major economies with net zero goals, including the United States. Quote <clears throat> This is. What? I'm going to try and I'm going to just take Keep a deep it breath. together. We're going to see an economy wide experiment to put climate and climate ambition into action. OK, well, what ha usually experiments, you don't know the outcome, right? They either work or they don't. Right. right? Yeah. We're going to do so an what economy wide experiment. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. The climate is that important. It doesn't I matter. I disagree with that, Chris. It, so we're going to destroy the world economy, destroy the European Union, uproot people's lives to play devil's advocate. If we continue on our current course, they say, doesn't matter because the world won't so exist we have to later anyway. Within the next four years, or we're all dead. I don't know the answer. I don't think it's quite that critical. I don't um, know. We should have a honestly a climatologist so I, on. So we've I've been talking to a guy who's like an expert on this stuff because I've been wanting to get somebody on because I have a lot of questions. Right. And he said yes, but he's traveling for a couple of weeks. Okay. We're gonna have him on. We're gonna talk about it. Okay. Just because I don't know the answer to these no, questions. No, I don't either. I really want to find out. I do like your. Your point about the word ambition here, right? It's an experiment because of ambition. I right. don't like that. You're messing well, with people's lives. Here's what's interesting about the concept of ambition in politics today <laughs> is anytime there's a a concept or a goal that's even bigger or further out, in today's climate, you're not going to say, well, that's just crackpot. We can't do that. Instead, you say, well, that's just more ambitious. Yeah. That's better. Yeah, that's better. Even bigger, like, better, more ambitious. ambitious. You know, what happened to just leaving things the way that they are? That would be great. Wouldn't that be nice? Okay, boomer. So far, Europe has focused on a couple of sectors to cut emissions, and now we're really changing gear. These measures will have a huge impact. You're damn right they will. On the daily lives of families and businesses across Europe with no exemptions. Wow. An economy-wide experiment, climate ambition with no exemptions. Wow. See, when you said EU-wide, my head always turns to, you think about, as we're going to explore the great American West, where mm -hmm. it's just, 
vast swaths of undeveloped land. Europe's it's not like that. Desert. Yeah. So I keep thinking like, well, guess what? In the middle of Utah, they're not going to buy and drive electric vehicles. They're going to have to just buy older vehicles that are gas to get around, right? Yeah. If you take any trip across wherever you're going, your Tesla isn't going to make it. Not right now, but I know they want it to. Yeah. But is there any place in Europe that also fits that? Not where really. Like, Europe no? is far more densely populated than here. So it, it it it'll work for them. It could work for them. The problem is, and we're going to get into this in a minute, the cost. Are Germans in the, uh, uh, sorry, strengthening the carbon market is also said to become a divisive topic for member states with varying levels of wealth that right. rely on different energy sources. So you've got like um, uh, Czech Republic, you've got Poland, Lithuania, Slovakia, maybe just these small countries that aren't Germany, France. Right. Uh, well, I guess England's out there. They're doing Brexit, which honestly good for them. Yeah, no kidding. And, and you think, are the Germans <laughs> and the French or Norwegians or these more wealthy countries, are they going to be okay? Because this is what's going to happen. These other countries don't have the money, and right. they have their dirty coal power or whatever they, they're doing uh, over, in, over in poverty poverty Poland or whatever it is. Or whatever they're going to say, they're going to look <laughs> down their nose at them and be like, you're the dirty country. You're the one not doing it. Right. So is the European Union then going to uh, siphon tax money to from the bigger countries them. so that they can meet their own standards? Probably. How are they going to feel about that? Probably. One way to protect local companies, the commission will suggest, is to impose a carbon price on some of the imported goods by introducing the world's first carbon border levy, which we talked a little bit about that. Right. But this is also in between European countries, is what I'm gathering. So they're going to have a carbon border levy. So if you're in Poland and you're not cutting slack and you want to sell stuff in Germany, there's going to be a tax. They'll just be pole exit then yeah. instead of Brexit. Right? I, I, I think I could see companies, third companies, I could see countries leaving. This might be the end of the EU, EU yeah. honestly. If these costs and punitive measures outweigh the benefits of being in the European Union in the right. first place, leave. Right. Why, why be there? If you want to be in uh, in, in like a, a, like a military treaty agreement with the United States, you don't need to be in the, Uni uh, the EU to do it. Right. Or with Germany or France. You can work up your own plans outside of the, the thing. It's the, frustrating. If, if everyone leaves the EU, we'll see kind of... A strange not power vacuum but there i think will then be another conglomerate that comes together that is not the EU. well that's always been the way of you too europe is like a total it's full of turmoil all the time you have all these different countries and these different cultures that are trying to do the same thing right and it just doesn't work they just don't have the structure for it the america is very different too we have a lot of broad um differences in culture if you look at the yeah, south for and the sure. west coast east coast you know, Texas, middle America, northern Midwest. It's a very, very different place, but we all have these common, we were found under a common flag, right? right. Common goals. These places have been around for 2,000 years. They're kind of set in their ways. Right, for sure. I don't know what's going to happen. So France is not pleased with this. Okay. Okay, so if you might have noticed that France is kind of throwing a fit right now. They're burning down COVID oh, centers. Right. It, France is they're pissed. not happy. France is pissed. The French government uh, is does back a target to reduce emissions on cars by 55% by 2030 and for hybrids to remain on the market for longer. So this is a little bit different. They want to keep hybrids on the road. Which I agree. Yep. An official in, uh, uh, this was an official in Emmanuel Macron's office who said this. Bloomberg News reported last week that the European Commission plans to require blah, 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 blah. The official, I find this funny, who asked not to be identified per government policy, mm -hmm, commented after Macron set up top sat down with like auto executives from like okay. Renault and labor units. And Stellantis. Stellantis. Because they're set to lose like 150,000 jobs just in France alone wow. with all this stuff going on. Um, I'm, 
kind of struggling to find out why you wouldn't want to be identified. I have no idea why you wouldn't want anybody to know who you are when you release this type of information, lest you get absolutely canceled. The French position could signal a battle is brewing within the EU over new climate targets and how they will affect the auto industry. So, blah, blah, blah. La Platform Automobile, France's main lobby group for the industry. La Platform. La Platform Automobile. <laughs> uh, France's main lobby group for the industry estimates this all this stuff that they're doing right. is going to cost France 21 billion dollars wow 21 billion dollars and is needed in the country by the middle of the decade in the middle of the decade so by 2025 france has got to cough off 20 25 and this billion. is a brand and it's not new france. France, is not, france is not coughing up 25 billion the people of france yes. have to cough up 25 billion well, to, and that's to develop just batteries charging stations this is a brand new expense it's not like you can just fiddle with the government budget to try to make this fit somewhere this is all a brand new expense right it's ab- it's crazy right wow I never hit record on this. Good thing we got a backup. We're good. We're good. Um, so, humanity sucks. Okay. Are we aware of this? I guess. All right. So, BMW ad- advertisements, uh, BMW, a BMW advertisement has been banned after, quote, irresponsible revving. What? Irresponsible revving sounds spark a furious complaint. Why? I want to guess, where do you think this is? Is it in the States? No. It's England, of course. This is Britain. Britain is is so just... What happened? What happened to like Britain and being like stand-up and being like this super kick-ass group of people? They, they, this advertisement has been banned for irresponsible revving. What is irresponsible revving? All right, the advertisement was for the new BMW M brand and opened with a revving sound of a car engine. Right. The revving of the engine was then broken by a voiceover that said, we could use big words like striking, muscular, or captivating. To tell you what it looks like. Or we could just use an alluring combination of colorful words to describe exactly what it feels like. But all you really want to hear is this. Was that was that good? Did I do no. good? No, would it, no. I thought I did pretty good. It did okay. It did okay. I think you thought it sounded better than it did. The sound of the advert. <laughs> do you want me to do it again? <laughs> no, do, I do why not. Why don't you take it? Why don't you take it? Where, where am I looking at this? It, uh, halfway oh, down. There it is. Uh, da, da. We could use big words like striking, muscular, or captivating to tell you what it looks like. Or we could use an alluring combination of colorful words to describe exactly what it feels like. But all you really want to hear is this. That's a Harley that's broken with no oil. (laughs) The sound of the advert immediately changes to a louder car engine revving that a listener has complained about. Dare the radio. The disgruntled listener complained that the revving car engine sounds were irresponsible. Yeah. Why? <laughs> the engine of this new BMW could make a different revving sound to that of a non-performance car. BMW said the revving sound used in the advertisement was recorded when the car was static. Okay. Because people are concerned that it might be driving while you're revving. On you a would, closed course. You, you wouldn't want to do that. Okay, first of all, how is this even a story? One complaint by someone? Because the Agreed, whole, it's dumb. But they pulled the whole ad. That's where the story is. Yeah, that's my the whole point. Ad. I'm getting Why? There. I'm getting there. Well, it says banned. Banned. Oh, hold on. What? The firm stressed that the car was not being driven at speed or with rapid acceleration. Who, However, who cares? the Advertising Standards Authority, which is another one of those clown car regulation things, said that they would have to uphold. Can I play this again? I think I will. Where is it? What do we got? I did not sign up for this. This is somebody's bullshit political agenda. <laughs> yeah. The ASA said the motoring advertisements must not demonstrate power 
acceleration what? or handling characteristics. What? For the real? The ESA code also stated that advertisements must not refer to speed in a way that might condone or encourage, quote, dangerous, competitive, inconsiderate, or irresponsible driving. Hold on. You're telling me there is a law that says you can't advertise a car that is power acceleration or handling? Are you serious? That's all, folks. We're just going to leave the podcast here. It was great. 300 episodes. We're all done. That, that is how you advertise a car. Or you just pull it up next to a tree with a family and you can all go hug the tree and, be like, <laughs> and just be like, Subaru. What? I don't understand The code this. also outlines that speed or acceleration claims must not be in the main selling message of an advertisement. The ASA, what? however, said it did not consider that the advert specifically made speed and acceleration the main message. But the standards authority said that Big Brother gave them a call and... No, the advertisement referenced speed in a way that would encourage dangerous or irresponsible driving. That's up to the user. Who cares? Obviously, the ASA cares. The ASA. The ASA said, quote, however, because the ad demonstrated the power of the car, not in the clear context of safety. <laughs> well, that's, that's what we have to do. We have to show how the power, just show like uh, it's you're really going to run into safe. something and you yeah. have to it to get out of yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, or, is there any way to like depict Drifting safely. Mm. Mm. I think we need to figure this yeah, out. We'll, we'll figure that out. Like there's like a baby in like in the middle of the road, <laughs> and the only way around <laughs> it is to drift. drift. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, they said uh, the ASA ruled that the advert must not be broadcast again in its current form. Really? It added, "Quote: We told BMW UK to ensure that the future ads did not demonstrate power, except <laughs> in a clear context of safety or in a way that suggested excitement." You're not even allowed to get excited. You're not allowed to get excited about a car, Jake. I don't understand any of it. I think they're saying, no, you can demonstrate it if it. you're just trying to make people excited. But that's what it was. It does make me excited. I don't. Un <laughs> Where are they going to have a guy that sits there and watches to see if your pants moves while they rev it up and be like, that guy got excited. This commercial is good Band. to go. <laughs> BMW should say. F off. Oh, 100%. I can't believe that this is a thing. They, they capitulate. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Can you imagine this happening in the States and, like, Dodge with their Hellcat? Just laughing. I don't know, man. It's... You think it's coming? No. I no. don't think Americans would do this. I don't think it's they would so put up for it. Dumb. I, it's weird. England is weird, man. Britain is weird. <sighs> Britain is weird. This is... When you think of, like, Orwellian, this is stupid. This is just dumb. At some point, people have to be responsible for themselves. Exactly. And which we'll talk about not what is not happening right right now. Uh, new Mexico has come up with some strange new driving under the influence laws. Okay. The New Mexico Supreme Court ruled Monday that service stations in the state can be liable for selling fuel to intoxicated drivers, making it the making it only the second state in the union where such liability extends to station operators. Tennessee They're was putting the, first. the onus on the gas station? The ruling came down after New Mexico's highest court agreed to hear a re request from a federal appeals court to resolve a question of state law concerning the potential liability of a retailer that sold gasoline to an intoxicated driver. So hold on. Here's what had to have happened. Because every ruling or anything of this comes out from a situation. Okay. So this means someone got a DUI and said, hold on. That gas station tenant sold me fuel while I was drunk. So I'm going to blame them and sue them. I got a DUI because they let me, Chris. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. 
the fuck's going on? <laughs> I don't get it. What is going on? What the F is going on? Why can't people be responsible for themselves? Why can't they just own it? So this guy basically what happens after refueling and returning to the highway that the driver crossed the center line okay. and crashed into an oncoming vehicle, killing its occupant. Wow. And you know that guy at that uh, 7-Eleven? Actually, 7-Eleven doesn't have gas. That guy at that Super America was like, yeah, man, this dude's totally going to kill somebody. I'm going to make sure I sell this guy some gas. <laughs> and, and he did it. The intoxicated driver had a blood alcohol concentration of 0.17, which That's is pretty lot. high. That's More a than lot. double the legal limit yep. of 0.08 in New Mexico and was arrested for driving while under the influence, vehicular homicide, wow. and driving left of center. Left of center? That's a thing? That's a, that, that, Apparently being left of center is against the law. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put that on the books. According to the case synopsis supplied in the court's ruling, which noted that only one other state, Tennessee, applied the law in such a way to create a duty of care for businesses to refrain from supplying fuel to drunken drivers because of the risk Hold of the driving. Thi- Hold, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Most people pay at the pump. So is it still the attendant's job to be like, excuse me, sir? No, probably not if you didn't interact with them. I'm wondering if the clerk is responsible for the guy's hangover. Is he responsible for that? <laughs> is he responsible Clearly. for the, the, the obese fat woman with diabetes whose foot fell off because he sold her the Mountain Dew? Yeah. Is she is responsible for that too? Is Nike liable for the DUI for selling them the shoes that pressed on the gas Ooh, pedal? Good point. I mean, what are we? This is where do you draw the line? Individual personal responsibility. It is the most important thing in a society with a social contract where everybody has to abide by the rules or everything goes to shit. Right. This is like the opposite of that. I don't. I just. I. I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay, so uh, I was going to do this story about a trooper performing a Heimlich maneuver on a driver who was choking on a bag of marijuana, but there's another, <laughs> but there's another story, another story I want to get to. I feel like all you needed to read was that headline, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's it. this this happened. This right there. He's choked. Just le- can we just Wait. legalize it already? Yeah, no, this dude. What? <laughs> Oh, shit, I'm getting pulled over. Let me swallow this weed. Oh, no, I'm choking. <laughs> License and registration, please. Sir? Uh. Sir? Oh, my God, sir. Do you think he ticketed him for possession after giving him the Heimlich? Probably. I bet he did. So carjacking is getting out of control. If you know in a lot of cities, it's up like 30% to 300%. If you look wow. in Chicago, the odds are you will be carjacked at any minute. Um, a well, ba- here in St. Paul, they just steal your catalytic converter. Yes, but they also carjackings in broad daylight. I know. It's broad nuts. daylight. They rip you out of your car and take the car and then go on a joyride and smash it into a bunch of shit. And is, that what our, is that what our tagline means? Take the car? Yeah, take the car. <laughs> just take it. Just take it. Take it. Take, take, it. take the, the car. car. Do it. Take it. <laughs> a Bay Area man with a litter of golden retriever puppies for sale what? agreed to meet a potential buyer in public in Hayward, California. Okay. The potential buyer turned out to be an actual carjacker who pulled a gun and demanded the puppy seller yield his Chevy Avalanche. No, not with the puppies. The gunman hopped in and drove away with puppies still inside. (laughs) In much the same way, some carjackers drive off with kids in their car seats. Mm -hmm. Long before long, police gave chase, and the puppy jacker managed to flip the oh avalanche no! onto its roof. Oh no! He fled on foot, which didn't last long. Chase over, perp apprehended. Uh huh. In a Facebook post, however, the Hayward PD says the three puppies were recovered from the wreckage and were a little shaken up, but were comforted by the officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good boy! Good boy! Good boy! That's awesome. All right, I think that's all we have for today. What do we got going on on Monday? What's coming Monday, up? Monday, I have an awesome story that I had ever heard of and i'm sure you haven't either and it's one of these stories where you say how haven't i heard of this so it's i I don't want to give anything away but it's a story of the unbelievable bravery and sheer audacity of an american hero 
Ooh, I like audacity. Yeah. I like sheer. There is a lot of audacity I in this story coming up Monday. Audacity. All right, guys, that's all we got time for. We will see you on Monday. Take care. man's life is based around fuck you. The United States of America is based on fuck you. You're a king. You have an army. Greatest navy in the history of the world. Fuck you. Blow me. We'll fuck it up ourselves. Which we have done. Beautiful fuck you position lost forever.